Hey everyone, welcome to Know Your Food with Wardy. I'm Wardy, a wife and mom of three and author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Fermenting Foods. I'm also the lead teacher, blogger, and owner of traditionalcookingschool.com. I'm so glad you're here. This is the podcast devoted to healthy family cooking with traditional methods like sourdough and old-fashioned pickling. These foods are easy, delicious, healing, and your family will love them. If you haven't already, be sure to grab my free gift for you. Five free traditional cooking videos from inside Traditional Cooking School that will introduce you to my favorite fundamental techniques of traditional cooking. To start watching today, go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash watch. And now, let's get to today's show. Hey everyone, welcome to Know Your Food with Wardy. This is episode 163, and I am here with my guest, Jessica Espinoza from Delicious Obsessions. Hi, Jessica. Hello. Thanks for having me. It's going to be so fun. So a couple of housekeeping notes before we jump into our talking about homemade frozen desserts and treats. Um, We are live right now on Blab. So if you are joining us live, hello and welcome. We will, um, I'll give you some pointers about how to use Blab in just a moment. If you're joining us later for the replay, either through the video replay or on iTunes, welcome to you as well. You will find complete show notes for all the links and everything we've shared today at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 163. Now, if you're live, those notes are not ready for you yet, but if you're watching uh, a replay when this podcast is released, they will be ready, and you definitely want to check them out because we'll have recipes and tips all right there for you. So um, a couple notes about using Blab if you're live with us. So on Blab, on the right-hand column, if you're on the desktop browser, you will see chat. Now, if you're just watching without a Twitter account, I'm not sure you can participate, but if you're logged in with Twitter, you can participate in the chat, so feel free free to visit and talk with each other. And if you do have a question, be sure to use the slash Q and then it'll go into a question that we'll take at the end or if it's relevant um, during what we're talking about. So we'd love to take your questions, both Jessica and I. Well, I'm going to put Jessica on the hot seat (laughs) for for questions as much as I can. Uh, The other thing about Blab is you can give us applause. And so if you'll see Jessica's um, you know, video feed and mine in the right hand corner, there's two little hands like this and you just click as many times as you want to give Jessica a lot of love. I'll take love too. So just do that. If you like what she's saying or whatever. Um, finally, if you're here with us live, we appreciate your shares. So you've got a share, uh, button somewhere near the top left. And I'm going to do that right now. I'm going to say, um, dishing up, homemade frozen ice cream and more with is it delicious obsesh is your handle yes yeah okay join us and i'm going to share that now to twitter i'm also going to do another share to facebook uh actually i'll just yeah i'll do that one i'll do that while we're while i'm getting some questions for you jessica okay so Anyway, please share, be uh, liberal with the applause, and now let's get into homemade frozen desserts with Jessica. So Jessica, first, I just want to mention that um, you have been a guest on this podcast, I think, twice now. You have such great stuff, or just once? I think twice. I think twice. Twice, I think yeah. Third time. 
Yeah, I think once you were sharing your real food journey, and then the second time, which I know that everybody remembers, is when you talked about your DIY herbal coffee blends. And they, I have to say that traditional cooking school members and readers love your DIY coffee herbal blends. And as does my family, we make it all the time. We always have some in the fridge. Uh, Yeah, you are just, that's why I'm so excited to have you back to talk about your new specialty, homemade uh, frozen treats with a dairy-free bent, but I know it's going to apply for people who are not necessarily dairy-free, which is how I'm taking it. So, so excited to share this. And first, I just want you to give us a quick recap about who you are, maybe a little bit about your health journey and how you got to doing what you do now with real foods and creating these amazing healthy recipes. Sure. Well, um, I actually kind of grew up in a real food um, household. Uh, My mom, I always like to joke that my mom was like buying organic and shopping at like a health food store before it was considered cool. Um, So I grew up eating uh, a really pretty clean diet. They really kind of minimized the amount of sugar and they didn't buy junk food and um, that kind of stuff. And then once I you know, graduated from high school and I started working full time and going to college and I moved down to, um, to Denver. I lived, uh, in the mountains outside of Denver about an hour. So up in the mountains with no stores, no fast food, any of that stuff. So once I moved down to the city, all of a sudden I was like rebelling against all of this, like good food that I had been forced to eat. Like now I could eat junk. Um, Taco Bell was just down the street and I could go to King Supers or Kroger in the middle of the night, get ice cream if I wanted to. So I took this like a major detour as far as nutrition goes. And then, um, in 2000, well, I started getting back into like real food. I kind of had this nagging voice in my head the whole time. Like what you're eating is not good for you. You really should clean up your diet, that kind of stuff. But it took me a little while to get back to my roots. And so that started about 2010. I started, um, the site, the blog, and I really just started it as a way for me to like categorize my recipes and track of stuff because I, I like to scribble recipes down on little pieces of paper and then they get lost and then I can never remember how I made it or somebody likes it. I can't share it with them. So it kind of started out as just a way for me to, you know, catalog recipes and share them with friends. And then it just kind of evolved into, um, you know, what it is today. And, you know, I'm really proud of, uh, the big, the vibrant community that we have. I mean, people that are really looking for information and recipes on how to eat real food and, uh, live naturally and clean up their their household and stuff like that. So um, I have been on an official healing journey since about 2012 when I got my autoimmune thyroid disease diagnosis. And it's been, um, you know, I've had some ups and downs all the way through. And it's, I finally have realized that health is not necessarily a destination. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I had this idea that I was going to get to health. Like I was going to, that was a destination that I had to get to before the rest of my life could start. And I kept Mm -hmm. postponing things. And so now um, it was actually just kind of earlier this year, I started really having a lot of epiphanies around that. And so now I'm more enjoying the journey. I don't necessarily enjoy dealing with chronic illness, but it really is just a a constant investigation into who I am. So, um, and real food and nutrition is the core of everything. You know, that has to be the foundation of everything that you do your health. So that's just a quick snapshot, I guess. <laughs> I love it. I love the wisdom there because I think we can often get hung up on when I get there, when I get there, but you're so right. Yeah. Like we live in a fallen world actually, and we're probably never going to get there, but that doesn't mean that we can't just enjoy the moments that come to us and also pursue the healing that we so desperately need, you know, many more than others. And it sounds like you, you were at, you know, 
a really a, a poor place of healing. So it's wonderful to see you as how, how far you've come now to be as vibrant and healthy as you are. And just the fact that you're sharing so much with your community and now our community. So I just, just really appreciate it. And I, I love working with you. Well, we are in particular going to talk about homemade frozen treats um, and you have something funny that you uh, <laughs> that you say um, in your 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 new book, The Splendid Scoop. And I, I actually quoted it in my blog post today. I hate the heat when it gets above 65 degrees Fahrenheit. I get cranky. <laughs> and I just know that everybody resonates with that. Although 65 degrees is uh, is pretty low. <laughs> to start I know. I'm crazy. definitely, I'm definitely a spring. And fall kind of yeah. yell. So, uh, you know, I have a number of friends in California and one of my business partners actually, and she'll complain that, you know, 75 degrees is too cold. And I'm like, it's like 32 <laughs> here. And I like it. So <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Well, just tell us, you know, that, that led to your, I don't know how long, but your possibly lifelong, but at least many years quest to eat as many cold things as you could during the summer. So talk to us about some of the things that you have to have around that you have to eat that just keep you, help you keep your cool and not be cranky. <laughs> so iced tea, I drink iced tea year round, but especially love it during the summer. Um, especially iced tea with like hibiscus and citrus flavors in it or some fruity flavors uh, is super refreshing. Um, I, you know, I have a lifelong sweet tooth problem. I will totally admit it. (laughs) That's one reason that I became certified in the 21 day sugar detox coaching because I needed a tool to be able to keep myself um, accountable. So it's really easy, even though I'm not using refined sugars and I'm using healthier sweeteners, it's still sugar. So um, we have to really, you know, be careful with how much treats we use. But um, I, um, you know, my goal really has always been to like recreate those comfort foods that we all like. I mean, ice cream is a huge thing for people. And for me, um, I always want to figure out, okay, so I really want this, but how can I make it at home and make it healthier? Yeah. Um, so that was kind of like ice cream has just always been something that I've loved. And so I've just tried to figure out how can I take the things that I love and make them healthier for me and then share those recipes with other people as well. So um, yeah, ice cream and smoothies and slushes and stuff like that are always a great way to cool down during the summer. And, um, I try to, you know, keep the sweeteners down as much as possible. Like in my slushes and smoothies and stuff, I typically will just use some stevia. I don't even use like any maple syrup or honey mm-hmm. or coconut sugar mm-hmm. or anything like that. So stevia is my primary sweetener, but, um, you know, just stevia alone and ice cream doesn't give it the right flavor. Um, so you do have to yeah. use in my experience, you need to use a little bit of a granulated sweetener of some sort to get kind of the right consistency, right flavor, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I would agree with that. Well, that leads me into my next question, which you've sort of answered, but let's be more specific, which is, you know, there's so many things out there to buy and, you know, eat Trader Joe's or Whole Foods or your health food store. They've got a, they've got a freezer section with all these, you know, frozen treat choices for you, but you've chosen to make them at home. I think lots of people listening are at least interested, if not having dabbled or make a lot of things at home, but what are your reasons in particular for, uh, you know, going the homemade route? Why, why, why don't we just buy them? 
Well, you know, there's a lot of great brands out there that have really done um, good things at cleaning up their ingredient list. Um, so the number one thing for me has always been that it's healthier. Um, so I get to control the ingredients of what I put in there. Um, I get to make sure that there's no refined sugars, that there's no artificial colors or artificial flavors. And um, I always say it wrong, but uh, castoreum is a natural flavor that they use in um, ice cream quite often. And for people that don't know what that is, that is um, a substance from beaver anal glands. Oh, so it's in your nice. ice cream. Yeah, so you can go <laughs> Google that. And it's pretty disgusting. So anytime that you see the words natural flavors, those can technically be really questionable about their sources. And even some of the natural colors come from bugs. Um, so... Yeah, you know, I, I kind of feel weird about stuff like that. So for me, it was healthier being able to control the ingredients and only put the things in it that I knew, you know, what it was, pure ingredients. So um, the next thing that like you kind of touched on was that it's cheaper. I mean, you know, my local health food store, uh, you know, a little pint of high quality ice cream, you know, either the coconut milk and the cashew milk, those ice creams are you tend to be a little bit more expensive than just a, a cream-based sure. milk or ice cream. But, you know, depending on the brand, it can run anywhere from $5.50 to $10.50 for a pint. I mean, I've seen ice cream is a pint of ice cream as expensive as $10.50. So yeah. if I'm going to spend $10.50 on something, it's not going to be one pint of ice cream. It's going to have to be a bunch of vegetables or something where I can get more bang for my buck. So it's a lot cheaper in the long run to, um, to just make your make it yourself. And then the last thing really is that it's a lot of fun. You get to like customize sure. your flavors, how you want them. I mean, sometimes there's so many ice cream flavors out there, but maybe you want to combine like two of your favorite flavors into one. So you are in complete control and you can make whatever concoction you want to. So those mm -hmm. are really like my, my top three reasons for why you should make your own ice cream and frozen treats at home. Yeah, I love it. I would add two. I think one is a, is very related to your ingredient reason. But I think people like you who've discovered autoimmune disease or on a particular, you know, restricted path, it's not only that we can do better ingredients, but we may have, you know, specialty ingredients or we have to go a really special direction, a really restricted direction even. And we don't want to, especially when it's hot, you know, a lot of eating is about pleasure and happiness and it's not gluttony. It's, life enjoying life so how exciting is it that you can create frozen treats around a very restrictive diet now the other thing i would add is um, not only the money aspect of the store but just if you keep a well-stocked pantry with you know the sweeteners that you can have the basic flavors and either a dairy or non-dairy uh, bases that you can just whip something up really fast and faster than it would take to go to the store and deal with the people and possibly pick up germs and all that. So, you know, that's part of the joy of it for me. And it's actually um, very practical. I think, I think we live in this society where people are just like, Oh, I want to have this. So I'm going to go to the store. Well, that to me is like a headache, something I'd like to avoid. I'd rather just be able to dive in the pantry and make something that sounds easy to me. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. Yeah. So I think between us, we've got some great reasons we're making our own. So I know well, you have a new book, The Splendid Scoop. We're going to talk about it soon. Um, and you share tips in there. Would you give us some of those tips about homemade frozen treats? They're really, I read through it. I think they're 
fantastic, simple, no nonsense can make a big difference in um, how successful or, or not successful, unfortunately, right. hopefully will be on the successful end of it. But share some of your tips. Yeah. So a lot of people get, um, you know, kind of overwhelmed with making their own ice cream. They, they feel like it's this big, like in-depth process and that they just don't know how to do it. So really, it's really easy. I mean, you can even... I have um, a whole section in there on how to make ice cream without an ice cream maker. So yeah. if you don't have an ice cream maker, you don't have to go out and buy one. Though it makes it a little bit easier if you have one. And sometimes you can pick up some really good deals in places. But you don't have to have an ice cream maker. And, um, you know, especially when my book, not so much, is geared for that. But you can make really fast, simple ice creams just using, like, frozen bananas and frozen strawberries in a really high power blender, like a Vitamix or a Blendtec. Yeah. Um, and you'll get a super creamy consistency. So those are even faster. I mean, you just dump the stuff in the blender. You add a little bit of sweetener if you want, some vanilla. And what in like, you know, ice cream. So there's definitely ways to get those sweet, sweet, sweet treats um, in without having to go to a lot of uh, to work. But um, so the number one tip that I can say is start with a really good base. So if you have like all of the recipes that I have developed for myself really have started out with a really basic vanilla mm -hmm. ice created years and years ago. And so from there, you have a really good base. You can tweak it to be whatever you want. So um, that's the recipes all that I developed have all stemmed from that base. So once you have a really good base, you can create any kind of treat that you want to treat or create. So um Probably the second tip would be, I kind of alluded to this earlier, but to use a super fine granulated sweetener. So yeah. coconut sugar, or um, you can use organic cane sugar or sucanat or whatever sugars you're allowing. But um, the, the granulated sugars, and to get it super fine, you can throw it in like a food processor and whiz it up till it's like a powder, almost like a, like a powdered sugar uh, kind of texture. So what it does, the granulated sugars, rather than using like honey or maple syrup and stuff like that, it really um, helps keep the water crystals down in the ice cream. Mm -hmm. um, and when you have lots of extra water crystals, uh, the finished product tends to be not as smooth and creamy as you might want. Um, I do have to say, my friend Starlene over at Gaps Diet Journey, she posted a review and she she's on Gaps. And so she couldn't have um, the organic cane sugar. I don't even think she can have stevia. Um, so she actually made a whole bunch of my recipes using honey and put her notes in there about how she made it. And she said they turned out great. So, um, so you can, I personally don't use the liquid sweeteners, but you can use the honey. The texture might be a little bit different than granulated sweetener. So, um, I thought that was super helpful for her. <laughs> she just went through and like made like six of the recipes. <laughs> so She's a trooper. I love Starling. <laughs> apparently she was eating a lot of ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing about ice cream is it keeps. Yeah, great tips. Do you have any others to add? Um, the last one, and this probably goes back to just like real food in general, but don't fear the fat. Um, I love that. So I always use, uh, I'm dairy free, so I always use full fats. Um, like coconut milk or coconut cream. I love the coconut cream from Aroy D. It is super thick, super rich fat. But the fat is actually um, what, it, it also keeps the water um, levels down in your ice cream so you don't get as many um, ice crystals in there so you get a smoother product. Um, but, you know, fat is good for us. And you'll see a big difference if you decided, um, if you can do dairy, you could use heavy cream. 
um, in place mm -hmm. of like a coconut cream. Uh, if you make ice cream out of just like half and half or milk, it's going to be more of uh, like an ice milk consistency and it will set up much harder in the freezer um, than a heavy cream or a coconut cream base. So don't fear the fat. Enjoy that stuff. <laughs> I love that. Fat is really, really healing. The favorite way that we make ice cream at home is, um, well, we used to have our own Jersey cow. Now we participate in a herd share. And we get Jersey milk and we just, mm. that cream, sweet or even cultured, makes amazing, smooth, creamy ice cream. And I swear, I don't swear, um, I Jersey cream, <laughs> Jersey cream is like ice cream. It's so naturally sweet. Uh, it's just beautiful. And a favorite thing that I do, like you were talking about, you can make ice cream in a blender. In fact, if you guys go to traditionalcookingschool.com and just search for instant strawberry ice cream, you can take frozen strawberries in like a Vitamix or Blendtec and just add as, you know, as much cream as you need so it will circulate and you can make an instant strawberry ice cream. Mm -hmm. Go back to your tip on you don't have to have an ice cream maker. Um, so you guys check that out. Uh, let's see. What are we going to talk about now? Okay. Yeah. Um, just go a little bit into um, working around allergies a little bit more because that's really your specialty is creating recipes that work around allergies. So um, like you were talking about the coconut cream, what other kind of options do people have for working around allergies when they're making homemade frozen treats? So um, you can use pretty much any non-dairy milk. Um, the problem is the Water. most like almond milk, and yeah, you're going to have a higher water content in there. Um, you know, if you can't do coconut milk, because I know even some people on the autoimmune, the AIP um, uh, niche, they, they can't tolerate coconut either. So uh, you could use um, almond milk, rice milk, stuff like that. Cashew milk actually is a good option if you can tolerate cashews. Uh, it tends to get a little bit thicker and creamier than just an almond milk or rice milk. Um, but you really, you could sub whatever milk you want in there. Um, another thing that you could do if you're doing like the blender ice creams, it's a little bit harder when you're doing, um, the ice creams in the ice cream maker, but to up that fat level, if you're doing just a quick blender ice cream is to melt a little bit of coconut oil. Um, or you could even use, I know this sounds really weird, but you could even use like a macadamia nut oil or an avocado oil. Um, and just drizzle a little bit of liquid oil in there to kind of up that fat content and help it emulsify a lot better. It'll be a little bit creamier. Um, I know that sounds super weird. But, no, you know, I think it sounds great. Adding coconut oil to smoothies and stuff is pretty common. So it's really no mm -hmm. different than doing that. Um, you just want to make sure that you liquefy it and drizzle it in as it's running or else you're going to end up with like clumps of oil in there. But gotcha. Um, I would say if you can't tolerate coconut milk and you want to use a different kind of nut milk, I would say cashew milk would be my next, um, mm -hmm. my next favorite because it's going to be a little bit higher fat content, a little bit creamier than an almond or a rice or flax milk or any of that. And I would add from our years of being dairy-free, this was a long time ago, and we would use homemade almond or hazelnut milk for ice cream, is we would just, we would make it in the, in the, um, the ice cream maker like if you're using a regular ice cream maker mm -hmm. and we would put it in the freezer, but we would, I would do it. So time it. So like it would solidify for like maybe an hour. I can't remember the exact time, but it wasn't like you make it and eat it the next day. Then it would be ice hard. Right. <laughs> so you just want right. to freeze it a little bit. So it'll harden up. 
so you can scoop and such, but it's not going to develop as many ice crystals and it's not going to be hard, hard that you can't scoop at all. So timing can really help. Absolutely. That's an excellent tip. Okay, good. Well, that was fantastic. So we are to the point now where I want to unveil your book. And first, I want to let everybody know that Jessica has a brand new book. As, as I told you, she's the author of some great books, and my favorite is her DIY Herbal Coffee, which I mentioned earlier. I actually have a link for you if you're interested in that. Um, knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 125. Definitely check that out. Her newest book is called The Splendid Scoop. It's dairy-free desserts and other um, frozen treats. So there's slushies and popsicles. Okay, I'm not going to say everything. I'll let Jessica do that. But I want to let you know that Jessica gave me permission to share a recipe from her book. And... Uh, the only place you can get it is traditionalcookingschool.com or the book. So I put that up this morning. You can get it at tradcookschool.com slash dark chocolate crunch, which that'll tell you what it is. It's a dark chocolate crunch, yummy ice cream. I just put a link in the chat for you if you're with us on Blab. And of course, if you're in the, at listening to this later, it'll be at the show notes, knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 163. So go check out that free recipe. And now, Jessica, why don't you tell us more about your splendid scoop? Sure. Um, one thing about the allergens that I wanted to mention too is that I oh, did. Yeah. Um, I did most, almost all of these recipes can easily be customized for the autoimmune protocol. So if you've right. got people that are on, you know, following the AIP, any of the chocolate recipes you can substitute carrot for. And actually, I don't currently eat chocolate. It's uh, migraine trigger for me, so I primarily use carob for everything. And I personally love the flavor of carob. Um, and I've gotten so used to it that I, I don't think, I think my mind just automatically assumes that carob is now chocolate. chocolate. Uh -huh. So long since I've actually had chocolate, but you can easily customize um, those recipes to, uh, you know, suit whatever dietary needs you have, especially on the online protocol. Cause the AIB is tough. I've done it twice and it, I mean, it's really hard just cause you have to eliminate so many different foods. So um, super customizable. Uh, so it features, um, you know, my tips for homemade ice cream and smoothie success. Cause I do have a couple smoothies and like shaped flushes in there. Um, and then, like I mentioned also, uh, the instructions for how to make ice cream without an ice cream maker. So you don't have to go out and invest in another, uh, piece of kitchen equipment. You can make it without an ice cream maker. And then we have, um, 11 recipes in there arranging from the ice creams, uh, to some sh uh, shakes and slushes. And then we have like um, a water kefir or kombucha ice cream float, which I absolutely love. That's which I absolutely can't wait to try. <laughs> so <A> kombucha float? <laughs> like anytime you drink water kefir or kombucha now, you're going to want to put ice cream in it. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. I'm actually, I'm afraid of getting hooked. <laughs> yeah, I've also got some uh, resources for how to source real food and ingredients, healthy ingredients and things like that. And then also um, some additional resources for people who maybe want to do a little further reading about health and wellness, natural living, that kind of stuff. So kind of um, extra curricular stuff if they want to, you know, go further than just healthy treats. So Right. Um, yeah, it's perfect time for summer. You know, people are going to be having, um, you know, picnics and, you know, barbecues and stuff. And they, you know, might want to have ice cream there. So you can just whip up a batch of your own homemade ice cream and impress your friends because they're like, oh, this is homemade. That's so awesome. Um, but you will know how easy it is to make it. So. <laughs> 
Love that. Well, and I just have to say the, the book, like your other books, is beautifully laid out. I love the photos. And I love that you don't go, now this might sound bad, but I don't mean it in a bad way because I really appreciate it. I love that your recipes are simply laid out. Um, you don't go over the top with formatting or, you know, distraction. It's just the information, beautiful pictures, really easy to read and follow and find. Um, like all your recipes, they're wonderful. And I love the book. Oh, I think it's great. And as I said, I can't wait to try that kombucha float. <laughs> so I'll let you know. <laughs> so everyone, you can check out Jessica's book at tradcookschool.com slash splendid scoop. Don't forget that the free recipe is up at traditionalcookingschool.com. Uh, it's tradcookschool.com slash dark chocolate crunch, which is the recipe. And Jessica has gone out of her way to make these um, allergy-friendly, particularly dairy-free. For our family who's not dairy-free, I'm going to just step back and use our whole cream or whole milk. And you can choose whatever sweetener from coconut sugar to evaporated cane juice to uh, stevia. And, and even like Jessica mentioned earlier, um, Starlene from Gap Start Journey is making them with honey. So you have so much flexibility with the base and the sweeteners, and, you know, if you can't do chocolate, you can do carob. If you have to avoid certain fruits what or whatever, you have so many options there. So I love that um, we've got simple recipes that are allergy-friendly, and you can you can swap ingredients. You can step back and make them, you know, however you want them. Jessica's done a fantastic job. Thank you. Yeah, you can. I'm glad you brought up the dairy thing, too. Like, you can use your heavy cream or um, whatever, you know, milk you want. And then I also share just the standard basic vanilla ice cream recipe in there. So you can use that as your base and then sky is the limit. So enjoy the recipes that I've got in there. But if, you know, you've got a hankering for something that I don't have listed, you can start with that base and you can start adding in all your flavorings or nuts or seeds or whatever else it is that you want to add it in. So you have that base recipe that will serve you well for the rest of your life. You can just use that and, you know, create your own concoctions. You are a girl after my own heart. I love formula recipes. <laughs> I love them. Because <laughs> it's really, they're, they're more valuable than anything. Because when you're looking like, I want to make this, and you come up with some flavor combination that nobody else has done, the first thing you have to find out is what's the general formula for just mm -hmm. the base of this recipe. So I love that you put that together for us. Thank you. Sure. Thank you. So we have time now. Um, we don't have a huge live audience, but we've got several special individuals here. So if you have questions for Jessica or I, you can type slash Q and then a space and then turn your question and we'll be able to answer it. So we'll have a couple minutes here to take questions before we wrap up. If you don't have any questions, I know that's because you're all running to tradcookschool.com slash splendid scoop, as you should, <laughs> to check out the book. By the way, it's very affordable, less than $6. So it's an easy investment to make for summertime for any family really to pick up and then just um, have those treats for you or your kiddies, kiddos. Uh, mm -hmm. So you avoid the, avoid the crankiness of being too hot. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't see any questions coming in, so we will wrap up now. I just have a couple um, closing notes then. So show notes are up for you guys. If you're checking this out later um, at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 163. Jessica's new book, The Splendid Scoop, is at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash splendid scoop. And a free recipe for you is at tradcookschool.com slash dark chocolate crunch. Dark chocolate crunch is one word. Jessica, do you have anything to add before we close? I don't think so. I think we covered everything. Thank you for having me on your show again. 
Thank you so much. It was very fun. We did the new live thing. And um, so if if anyone here is listening on um, iTunes or the audio, you can go to the show notes and actually switch to the video. Um, So, you know, various forms there for you to check out. All right. Well, take care, everyone. God bless. Thank you, Vicki, and everyone who's been here with us live. We'll catch you later. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you'll come back again. Let me tell you what you can do next. You can visit the show notes for this episode and get links and more resources about today's topic. Just visit knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash, and then without a space, type the number of this episode. You can stop by traditionalcookingschool.com slash watch to get five free traditional cooking videos from me. It's a gift. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the podcast app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Know Your Food with Wardy while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop or laptop, go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash iTunes right in your browser. And while you're there, please leave a rating or review. I love to read your comments, and your feedback makes it much more likely that others who are interested will find this podcast too. Thank you so much, and God bless you.